BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Icing and Glitter, which is a blog, Instagram page, and YouTube channel. So today's episode is a really exciting one because it features two of my favorite people, both of whom have been guests on the podcast before. But before I introduce them, I wanted to remind you to please subscribe to and review the show if you feel like it's brought you value. It only takes a couple of minutes and really helps the show grow. Anyway, let's talk about today's episode. Jordana is a holistic nutritionist and founder of the blog iHeart Nutrition, and Natalie is a naturopathic doctor. Both these ladies are eating disorder specialists, so we get into that today. We also talk about nutrition hacks, troubleshooting things like eating out too much, and supplements. There's so much actionable content in this episode, and both Jordan and Nat are people I personally look up to and rely on so much. Also, I thought this would be a really good time to introduce an all-natural wellness brand that's a staple in my life and will become a staple in yours too. And that brand is called Array. So let me back up a little bit. Last year, I had the idea to create a natural wellness brand that solved targeted problems for the millennial girl. What I mean by that is I wanted to create a product that solved stuff like bloat, anxiety, lack of energy, etc. You know, the shit that we complain about at Girls Brunch. I knew it was possible because I play around with herbs, minerals, vitamins myself and like thought it would be possible to create unique blends that you could carry around in your bag. You know, super cute and Instagrammable. The thing is, I might read a ton of books on nutrition and supplementation, but I'm no doctor. So I went on the hunt to find the right doctor to formulate this all natural wellness product I dreamed of. And when I shared my idea with Jord, she introduced me to Nat. Long story short, we fell in love and she became one of the co-founders of Array. Natalie worked to formulate our bloat and anxiety alchemy capsules, both of which I can't live without. Guys, this is a major lifesaver when I have too much pizza or I'm stressing out about work. Like it is really, really a non-negotiable in my day-to-day life. Um, We actually worked with about 50 podcast listeners and Icing and Glitter readers, a lot of whom are probably listening to this right now. These ladies helped figure out what worked and what didn't work from formulation to pricing. So it's really been a team effort. To all of you guys who agreed to try Array in its pre-launch state and give us feedback, we're so grateful and it wouldn't have been possible without you. 
To celebrate the launch of Array, we're offering listeners of the Dream Bigger podcast 10% off your order. Go to Array.com and type in the code DREAMBIGGER. And Array is spelled A-R-R-A-E.com, obviously. Um, And I'll put the details in the show notes. So now that you know all about Array and how Natalie, Jordana, and I are friends, let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys. So first things first, (laughs) go ahead and introduce yourselves to our audience. I'm Jordana. I'm a holistic nutritionist and I run a private practice and I run a health and wellness blog called I Heart Nutrition. And I am Natalie. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I have a private practice downtown Toronto specializing in eating disorders. Cool. Um, Okay. So what is the difference between a naturopathic doctor and nutritionist? It's actually funny when people ask that because they're really just not similar at all. A holistic nutritionist, um, you go to school for one to two years um, and really everything is about food and working on the whole person. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some nutritionists who do more clinical nutrition and like dive into supplements. But for me, I would always recommend someone to see a naturopathic doctor for those purposes. So I help someone really just food, diet, overall wellness. Got it. Um, so I guess school is different for naturopaths. We do an undergrad and then four years at naturopathy school. And we, we do learn nutrition, but we learn in addition um, botanical medicine, which is herbs. We learn physical medicine, homeopathy, Chinese medicine. So nutrition is one of our modalities. It's mm-hmm. not the only one. Um, but there is a similarity between naturopaths mm-hmm. and holistic nutritionists, which is that we I would say definitely there's so much overlap. Just you have, you're in school for so long. Yeah. You're literally a doctor. <laughs> okay. So the, so tell me how, about how the two of you would typically work together. Go me? for okay. it. <laughs> uh, we have worked together. So we worked together a couple of years ago for a couple of years in an eating disorder treatment center. So do I talk about how we work together there or how we would work together all the time? Sure. Either. Okay, so there um, I was primarily in charge of everything related to body. So I did like digestion or sleep or hormones or anxiety. uh, And I was pretty hands off the food piece. So even though I'm trained in nutrition, I just wouldn't touch the nutrition piece because Jordana is more specifically trained in nutrition. And for me, when we were working together with clients, I was more food based and just going through someone's current diet, setting up goals, helping someone normalize food and helping someone develop like a healthier relationship with food. So it didn't actually always just start by saying, okay, you need to eat more greens. You need more healthy fat. It was really about making food in general safe before diving into more specific nutrition uh, goals. And I I would say like my nutrition, sorry, my nutrition Um, background complemented yours more so from I would look at nutrient status in the body so I would be the person looking at blood work and assessing nutrient level health and then relaying that information to someone like Jordana to actually then implement the changes with food totally Mm -hmm. so it's like I guess very like synergistic the way you guys work together yeah for sure and if we were to work together outside of that um, that center, if we were working with someone who didn't have an eating disorder, I would always refer to Jordana for food for meal planning or meal prepping even, um, it, more creative food ideas. Just 
my no- my knowledge of nutrition is so basic and so medical. Hers is so much more creative and fun. Uh, one thing I didn't say in the intro, um, for me in my practice, I'm like all about moderation and balance. Whereas maybe the typical nutritionist you think of is a bit more rigid with food. I am such a foodie at heart. So I think everything you eat should taste delicious and being healthy shouldn't be challenging. Well, also like, I think that that is the way that things should go because people shouldn't be afraid of food, right? Like, I feel like that that's like where so many issues arise in general um like in terms of how like I mean I think like orthorexia it's like mm-hmm. masked almost in the wellness industry as like healthy and it's because people become so afraid of food and they just want to start cutting everything out and then you know it's it just leads to like really unhealthy behavior yeah and as an as an naturopath that's why I love referring to Jordana because I trust that I trust and know that she has a healthy relationship with food and is balanced because even sometimes um, health professionals can hang out in professions that can endorse their own personal bad behavior. So I like I like that about Jordana. That's why she's the best nutritionist. So speaking about our love affair. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how long have we known each other for now? Um, five years. Crazy. Yeah. I think that's something that's kind of fun in the industry. If I meet a client, like I would prefer for them to also see Nat because I believe in a circle of care and that people should be... Like, I shouldn't be responsible for their supplements. Yes, I have, like, basic, uh, like, knowledge around it, but I would definitely prefer for them to see Nat. And you're so knowledgeable, and also, like, every client who sees Nat, like, loves her. She's, like, kind of like this warm hug, like, always. (laughs) I'm more aggressive. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) You you guys are both warm hugs. And I met not through Jordana. So that's like a little tidbit you guys should know. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So since you guys have worked together, I thought we could set this interview up like a coaching session for two very different girls. So first up is Rachel. So Rachel works a nine to five and knows nothing about nutrition and has a very yo-yo relationship with her body. She goes out for happy hour and girls nights pretty often, which leads to ordering food at the bar and feeling bloated and heavy afterwards. And then every Sunday she wants to like get back on track and cuts everything out, but ends up exactly where she started by Wednesday. Um, Rachel wants to find a sustainable way to live healthy. So where does she start? Okay, so this is kind of a typical female nowadays, unfortunately. And especially in a city like Toronto. Yeah. Or like a big city where there's so much socializing happening after work. So I think the issue is that people think that getting on track means eliminating foods and being really, really strict. And that's actually not how it should work. And that's why people yo-yo diet all of the time. So I would say just being real with yourself about what your body needs and starting with the basics. So having three meals a day, a couple of snacks, drinking more water, having more greens at every meal, making sure you're eating healthy fat and some protein. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would, I would also add, um, in my, in my opinion, the weekend versus the weekday versus a vacation versus a normal work week, um, they shouldn't look so drastically different. I think on every level, like I think you, it's not super duper healthy to be waking up at six in the morning during the week and then lunchtime on the weekend or eating, um, all takeout all day on the weekend and none at all during the week. Like, I just think there should be sort of a natural flow from one day to another 
you're gonna say something totally agree Mm -hmm. and i think also we have this we live in this world where we feel like we need to reward ourselves at night or on the weekends and people overindulge overdo it and they're not actually enjoying themselves so if you hear someone going out partying with their friends waking up hungover feeling like shit and then feeling like you need to diet that's not sustainable and that's not enjoyable to begin with yeah and then I would also say like the over over rewarding over indulging actually then leads to punishing and then under rewarding and under indulging all week which then kind of feeds into that exact same cycle that happens um so I feel like my advice would be the exact same as yours just trying to create overall a sense of balance um and then as a result of that in include indulgence during the week in appropriate amounts and on the weekend in appropriate amounts and just so balance the good and the indulgence Mm -hmm. um so let's let's get like specific like let's talk about rachel's i guess approach like say let's let's create like an approach for her on a monday so it's not so rigid that she like feels like she needs to go balls to the wall on you know wednesday (laughs) i would tell her not to start on a monday then like i think even that whole like monday start date has Mm -hmm. that thing in it like where it's like okay monday back on track i'd be like no start today rachel whatever day today is <laughs> the only thing is i do understand that people kind of prepare over I the do, weekend as well i am so one of these people <laughs> that's why i feel like monday is helpful but yes i agree like you could start and should start any single day so monday comes she wakes up in the morning um she's probably depressed that she's going to work mm-hmm. um i would say start your day with a big glass of water Um, get hydrated before you drink your first cup of coffee if she drinks coffee agree then what do you think about breakfast I personally think breakfast should happen at home before you go to work for a couple of reasons one um, I think it's nicer to eat in a more calm state than work provides and also then you're by by default not working or eating at a desk Um, and then I think the second reason is that from like a weight loss or metabolism point of view it actually makes more sense to eat sooner and kind of wake up your body or wake up your metabolism that's my point of view interesting so I I agree I like eating breakfast at home impossible so I would recommend especially in the summer uh, it's hotter outside Uh, have like a smoothie because the smoothie packs in so much nutrition in one go. Um, I think when you go and buy a smoothie, it's full of sugar, not enough healthy fat. So I would say make your own and put in a little bit of frozen fruit, some greens, protein powder, some almond butter, almond milk, uh, chia seeds for some fiber and start your morning off like that. If you're not into a smoothie, you could have like a slice of sprouted toast with a couple of eggs and some berries um maybe you could have some greek yogurt with healthy granola and some fruit what do you like my favorite is oatmeal oatmeal. yeah and also i was going to say for some people they find breakfast in the morning really hard a lot of people say to me that they feel nauseous if they eat too early that's when i think a smoothie is a nice alternative because it's lighter and it's a little bit easier um so even if someone can't have a full breakfast and actually wants to almost split breakfast into Um, breakfast part one and breakfast part two that's fine but I just think doing something at home and eating right away is better than waiting I also just think at the end of the day it depends on the person yeah I have some clients who are like I really don't enjoy eating first thing in the morning and that's okay like I don't think you have to eat first thing in the morning 
necessarily. Um, it's more about what happens at lunch. Are you starving yeah. and do you make the wrong decisions? Exactly. So if that client's always ordering pizza and coke and like overindulging and they don't even want to that's sort of the red flag that they do need to eat earlier in the day and they're making these unhealthy decisions because they're starving 100 percent. and similarly that will carry on for the rest of the day if somebody at nighttime overdoes it at nighttime because of not eating enough during the day then of course they're not going to wake up hungry then so sometimes pushing food earlier sets you up better for the day exactly yeah i like that and also i feel like if i like the fact that both of you guys are aligned on eating at home Mm -hmm. for breakfast because I do feel that like if you push it and like you're eating at your desk at work I feel like you can almost like stress eat and like just consume more than you it's like mindless eating I know I would do that when I used to work an office job like if I wasn't prepared and I wasn't eating in like a calm state of mind like I'd be at work and like munching munching and then it's just like I'm like just constantly eating for absolutely no reason whatsoever Mm -hmm. um Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about vitamins, Natalie. So, like, what's a good place for Rachel to start when it comes to like vitamins and minerals? Um, so, like, the responsible thing I should say is the first place to start is actually with blood work to assess what your body needs. Um, otherwise, you end up with what sometimes people say is really expensive pee because you just take all these nutrients <laughs> that your body doesn't actually need and then it excretes them so I would say get your blood get your blood work done but some kind of basic stuff that a lot of females are deficient in one is iron um, we are kind of swimming upstream with iron stores because we menstruate for the most part so for or for the most of our early lives um, so it's really hard to build up iron a b b12 b12 um, they are often found in similar types of foods so if someone's deficient in iron it's quite likely they're deficient in b12 and then the third one would be vitamin d so yes, if you, yeah i was gonna say that yeah like if you live anywhere cold like toronto or um, anywhere in canada or the u.s really it's really hard to get an adequate amounts of vitamin d from the sun so that's where i would probably start actually there's one more place i would start which was which is with fish oil so I feel like there's almost nobody who won't who wouldn't benefit from fish oil for its kind of overall like skin health and cardiovascular health and um, brain health and every every piece of health really. What are your favorite brands for these specific supplements? Like, do you have any specific brands? I do. So um, iron, depending on how deficient someone is, I sometimes do use an over-the-counter medical grade iron. It's called Feramax. I'm pretty sure I've recommended that too. Yes, Sif and Jared. Yeah, yeah, I really like the Mega Foods blood okay. builder. Yeah. That like really built up my iron pretty quickly. Yeah, I actually asked you about that because Jordana's iron levels were so impressive actually the last time I saw her blood work. <laughs> I was like, what are you taking? Um, so I agree. I've actually added that to my list. Um, and those would be my two go-to irons as well. If someone needs a, f- um, a liquid, I would say Floridex is the best one. B12, I actually just use the Natural Factors brand. Um, they make a 1,000, they make a 5,000. And what what milligram would you recommend? 1,000, 5,000? That's, that's kind of dependent on how deficient someone is. If you want to take it long-term all the time, I would say 1,000 is enough. But if you're taking it for its mental health endorsing um, effects or if you're super-duper deficient or vegan or something, then 5,000. Do you do this sublingual one? Exactly, yeah. Um, sometimes people get injections and I have no opposition to injections. It's just that you have to go into the office, get the injection. It actually hurts. Uh, if the, if the B12 is cold, your iron, your arm can be sore for literally days. It's happened to me. So I just think, um, taking it orally is an easier way to get it in every day. Uh, and then D, D uh, I use the Genestra D. Which one do you use your day? 
I like Genestra. I also, do you do the liquid or yeah, the capsule? Liquid drops. Do you do the demulsion? Demulsion, yeah. So emulsified um, vitamin D. It's for absorption purposes. And you just put a drop on your finger and then lick your finger. Or you can drop it right into your mouth, but then you can't see how much you're doing. So you... Is, is there like a difference? Like why would you do that version as opposed to an encapsulated version? I think it's just easier to absorb and it's mixed with a little bit of a healthy fat. So it's... Exactly. So it's more absorbed. But I also think it might just be a preference thing. I think you, if you're taking a lot of supplements, sometimes it's like, oh man, another supplement. But this is a liquid that's really easy to take. Okay. And it doesn't taste bad at all. And then for omega-3. Omega-3, my current favorite is Cytomatrix. They about two years ago came out with one called peak epa and it has a high amount of epa in it relative to dha which sometimes is what people are looking for and the dose is so high that you actually need to take one capsule which is super rare you often have to take two to four so i like that what's the difference between epa and dha there's just two different types of omega-3 fatty acids so um, depending on the person you you could want more or less of one or the other but in mental health it's the ratio between epa and dha so but if it's just for general health you don't honestly really need to worry about that Um, so cytomatrix is my first choice right now and then my second choice i do really like the nfh um, Trident Sap is what it's called, and they make a lemon flavor. <laughs> yes. I like the Genuine Health one. Yeah, that Omega one is good plus too. Joy. Yep. I do Nutrisy. Yeah, Nutri-C that's is great. also fine. And Nutrisy excitingly just came out with a plant-based one. Mm-hmm. So did you see, I worked with them on that. I did. Yeah, you Wait, actually, you did? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Remember you algae oil? Yeah, yeah. you um, I you asked me about it yeah. and I was like I love that one yeah. and um, I like it because if you're an environmentalist and you care about that kind of thing that's a really sustainable way to have fish oil and then second is um, the the previous vegan sources of fish oil just didn't or the vegan sources of fish oil the vegan sources of omega-3s just uh, weren't nearly as as potent mm-hmm. as the fish ones so this is a great product yeah yeah um even actually i spoke to another naturopathic doctor in well she wasn't like she's she's basically trained in like a lot of like holistic medicine fields and she was saying the same thing that like i mean if you're taking fish oil it's hurting like we don't need to do that if there's like other sources available it can be like she called it like raping the environment oh boy like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's harsh but yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so let's get back to Rachel. So Rachel, because she eats fast food, um, she tends to have some issues with her digestive system. She's bloated and doesn't go to the bathroom every day. Um, what would you recommend from both a supplement and diet standpoint? Well, um, I would tell Rachel, she should take a raised bloat supplement. So myself and Sif and Nish created array and it's, I think it's been talked about here before but yeah we have a bloat we have a bloat supplement that's kind of been i don't know tried and tested and we've really had no nothing but good reviews yeah, personally had, and from, we've had great reviews yeah rave and, reviews yeah <laughs> and also nat and i met through jordana and started working on array so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as the nutritionist in the room mm-hmm. i would say like don't just turn to supplements no, of if course. you're having your diet <laughs> i know you guys wouldn't say that either um but yes i recommend that product to everyone now it's amazing um but i would say for this girl rachel to take some time and write down what she actually likes to eat is she eating 
the fast food because she loves it so much or is it because it's easy? Um, I feel like when you're making choices around food, when you're stressed, when you're at work, you're not always thinking about your body and your overall health. You're just thinking about your taste buds. And when you're stressed, you want something that's like super sweet or high in carbs or super salty, super salty, and you're not going to make the best decisions. So I would tell her to reevaluate and think about what she wants to eat. And I think the issue is when people aren't eating the fast food, they're like, okay, I need to eat a salad with no dressing. Like, no, you don't. There's There's like something in between here. (laughs) So if she's going to the food court, I would say like, there's always healthier options. She could do like a Greek salad with chicken with a little bit of rice on the side. She could go to like a burrito place and get, um, make it into a salad instead. She could get a turkey sandwich with like avocado. There's so many different options. Yeah. Um, for the constipation piece, I would say my first go-to is making sure that her hydration status is is um, appropriate. So some things that the average person does like drink coffee or drink alcohol can be super duper dehydrating. So yeah, if it, you have to be making sure you're drinking, in my opinion, it's a minimum of two liters of water a day plus the equivalent of whatever you've drink drank that's dehydrating. So if you drank a venti coffee on top of the two liters of water, you would need a venti water. I also don't let my clients buy venti coffees yes. because it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's way too much coffee. <laughs> how, much, how, many, how many shots of caffeine go into there? Well, it's not the shots, right? It's the size. It's the size. And venti coffee, it, so there's actually more caffeine in a brewed coffee than there is in like a cappuccino or espresso. about like cappuccinos and stuff yeah. and I do like cold brew sometimes but like I don't get those massive ones mm-hmm. if I did I think I would actually have a heart attack I'd be shaking yeah like literally like yeah shaking like Me a too. crazy person <laughs> so I used to drink so much coffee and had the shakes because I thought that's just what you had to do to get by in life you know like you drink coffee to do well <laughs> so big mistake yeah <laughs> So I think that a lot of people have in their head that they need coffee throughout the day. They have a a project, they have a stressful meeting, like they need another cup. And really they often just need to drink more water and have healthier options in their diet. Yes. And for the person who wants to cut back on coffee, it can be a really, uh, I've never actually drank coffee, but I, I know, I know, I know. I'm, <laughs> she's, it's horrifying. She'll have tea. Yeah. I love tea. I love tea too, but coffee one a day, ugh, nothing better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I would tell the person who wants to cut back from co- on coffee to switch first to tea because otherwise it can be a uh, pretty significant withdrawal process or, you know, in the afternoon, if you're used to having an afternoon venti coffee, have an afternoon black tea instead and pace yourself. I like that. Okay. So since we're already on the topic, how much coffee should someone be drinking or rather how much is too much? Nat, you go first. Well, as the non-coffee expert, I have actually no idea. <laughs> I would say I try, I tell patients that they, um, usually when someone's seeing me, I'm like, the coffee is the least of your worries at this point in time. Like we don't need to get you off of coffee. Um, so I tell someone one coffee a day. See, I think for me, I always address coffee right away um, because it impacts their food and hydration. And I don't, it depends on who you're seeing. But I, know. I have some clients who come in and they're drinking five cups of coffee that a day. That needs to be addressed immediately. So yes. it's like you got to chill on that. And often what I do is say, okay, max two a day. But it really depends on 
where someone's starting. Okay, so let me clarify. My goal for my end goal for everyone is no coffee a day. But I don't think that the one coffee is the <laughs> Steph is having a visceral reaction. I don't <laughs> think the one coffee a day is the thing that needs to be addressed. Is my point? Fair enough. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's just the oh, if you're overdoing it. So I would tell someone aim for one to two cups max. But that doesn't mean go to Starbucks and have permission to get two venti coffees Mm because that's still like six coffees. Right, right, right. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) I don't know how someone can do two venti coffees. Like I think I'd just be dead. I one time was beside someone at Starbucks and he got something that I've never heard of, but it it was um, four espresso shots in his venti coffee. And there's a name for it. There's like, well, is it called heart attack? I actually asked him like what did you just order and then he actually walked me through what they're all called like a red eye a bullseye a something else something else yeah. I think this one should be renamed a heart attack <laughs> like I I just oh my I gosh my name associated with that it sounds horrifying okay um so let's get back to Rachel what is a healthy meal for Rachel when she's on the go I would say like there's so many healthy like salad places. I'm always all about like getting your greens in and extra fiber. So I would pick up like a big kale salad with either like a hard boiled egg on it, some salmon or chicken with like olive oil dressing. Yeah, I was going to ask about the dressing because I feel like it's also good for absorption. I feel like, you know, like I've read books that say that like it helps you absorb the nutrients from the greens. And I just don't understand like why someone wouldn't put olive oil or like some sort of like healthy dressing on their meal. Like it's just it tastes better. Yeah, I I think the issue is people are scared of dressings because they're high in calories, high in fat, um, which is true. Um, and you don't always know the dressings going into these pre-made salads. Often they're made from crappy oils. If you're having it once in a while, just get the dressing, put it on, relax. If it's going to be something you're, go- you're having all the time, I would say get just straight up olive oil, some salt and pepper, and get like balsamic vinegar, and it will still taste good. Don't skip on the ol- skimp on the olive oil, though. It's packed with nutrition. Love it. I want to say something about this as um, a really unpopular naturopathic thing I'm about to say is I actually don't enjoy salads whatsoever. And I, I my, what I always tell my patients is that if someone tells you they like a salad, they're a liar. But um, <laughs> I, I know, love salads. I know I'm like looking at YouTube being like, well, you guys are who I'm referencing when I say it. But <laughs> I'm just joking. I actually know they love salads. But um, for someone like myself, I don't love salad. And I actually find vegetables to be a struggle. Really, truly, I don't enjoy them. So what I do is I force myself to eat what I deem an acceptable amount of vegetables uh, basically in one sitting to sort of get them over with. And it's not, it's because I uh, obviously as an adult and as a naturopath recognize the importance of vegetables, but I'm really not going to be someone who on the go or not on the go eats greens at every meal. And I just don't even want to have to think about it. So I prefer to get them in that way. So if someone else is like me, they might need to do it like that. So what would be like a healthy lunch or some type of easy lunch for someone to pick up? I would say like a turkey sandwich um, from especially like, you know, from those little artisan type places where Mm -hmm. you get to pick what you put on it. That would be fine. Or even like a burrito bowl. Like you said, these things, these things are totally fine. This is what I would say. But I'm just saying for someone who doesn't like salads. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, even like a burrito bowl, you could make it healthy. Like, I mean, it's it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be a salad. There are definitely other mm-hmm. options for sure. And it's nice that like 
there's two different perspectives because I'm someone like you, Jord, like I like my salads. Like I have no problem eating a salad. I, I, that's just how I feel. Like I made myself a kale salad for lunch. Um, but I know that there are people out there who don't necessarily think like that. So it's nice for them to have options too. Okay. So we have a meal for Rachel when she's on the go, but what about when she's hungry and hungover? So I would say number one, start with a coconut water there, it's full of electrolytes and will just help you get hydrated a bit faster. Before anything, have a couple glasses of water and a coconut water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if that person's feeling really nauseous, um, you don't need to force yourself to eat these like healthy foods you don't want to, but you also don't need to go to a diner and get like potatoes and bacon and like all of that crap you could have like a couple slices of toast and put some avocado on it I find that that's pretty hearty and filling and even just butter yeah even butter toast with butter it's just like light on the stomach and And sorry go ahead I'm into having bone broth frozen in my freezer so I find that if I feel hungover or just out of it I'll warm that up and it will just nurse me back to health Um, okay. What I would do and what I do do is I, I'm human too. Like I understand why people have cravings when they're hungover. Like it happens to me as well, but I force myself to eat, um, fruit. A, I learned in school that the two best foods for hangovers are apples and pears. So really, yes. And I couldn't tell you why the Chinese medicine doctor taught us that. Uh, so I always go towards those types of foods. So I'll make myself a smoothie or I would eat like actually apples and pears or any any fruit really. maybe because the pear is like mostly water maybe like i don't even know I don't like know. that's so interesting though yeah. i would have never thought yeah so so apples yeah. and pears that's what i go for is like is fruit i love that okay so rachel and her friends are thinking of going on a juice cleanse to like quote unquote prep their summer body um what advice do you have for them hard no yeah absolutely don't do it <laughs> Juice cleanses are the devil. Yeah. First of all, they're actually ineffective when it comes to weight loss. It's just going to be water weight to begin with. And unless you're just having greens, you're having so much sugar. And with a juice, it's void of the fiber. It's stripped down. So you're literally just putting so much sugar into your bloodstream. You're not going to feel good. You can't work out on a juice cleanse and you're going to feel like crap. And then eventually when the cleanse is over, you might feel a little bit better, um, but you're going to have all of these crazy cravings and you're going to indulge in ways that you wouldn't have had to if you just stuck to like some healthier food options. Yeah, that's what I I would completely echo all of that. And then I would also add that it's just completely and entirely unsustainable. So when someone is deciding to do something like a juice cleanse, they're not doing it for like a tiny result. They're usually doing it because they want some sort of a drastic result. And if you do achieve a drastic result, which is pretty hard to do in five days, um, it will be totally undone because it's not sustainable. Yeah. I think that's a really good advice. And like, I feel like the biggest takeaway here should be don't do a juice cleanse because I feel like, I mean, I think that the trend is dying, thank God, but like it's, it's seriously problematic. I would say though, anyone listening who enjoys juice, I'm so okay with that. It just can't be that you're on a juice cleanse. Oh yeah, absolutely. Drink Uh, like drink your juice. Just don't let that be the only thing you drink. Like it's wild. Yes. Um, Okay. 
So Rachel's best friend, Emily, on the other hand, is an obsessive eater. So she works out every single day, often twice a day, and cancels on dinner plans with her friends if they don't go to a place which serves food that's compliant with her stringent stringent standards. So she doesn't eat gluten, dairy, sugar, and recently became a vegan. Um, Where do we begin with Emily? So I think if someone came into my office and said that to me... um, I would ask if they have been to their doctor recently and how they're just doing in terms of overall health and why they decided and just ask why they wanted to cut out those foods to begin with. I think we know that gluten, sugar, dairy, it's it's maybe not the best for us, but it doesn't mean that we need to like go crazy about it um, and cut it out in all forms. Yeah, so if someone came in saying something like that, and they were taking things to that that extreme, that would raise a red flag yeah. for someone like myself or Jordana who specialize in the field of eating disorders because that starts to sound like either a restrictive eating disorder like anorexia or a restrictive eating disorder like orthorexia. It seems just pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not to say that if you cut out these foods, you have an eating disorder. No. That's not what we're saying at all. Um, but if someone is so obsessive and they feel like they can't, really like be present in their lives yeah, like that's they're canceling the red their dinner plan they're canceling their dinner plans you, like you said um and that they're a really obsessive eater and on top of that don't eat sugar dairy gluten mm-hmm. and became vegan you can just see that the rules around food are sort of um worsening and worsening or becoming more and more serious yeah for sure um so i i would tell that person like okay where is this coming from um what foods do you like Like, is there zero restaurant that you're comfortable eating at? Because I totally appreciate that sometimes people um, need to cut out certain foods or even want to, and that's okay. But if it's really impacting your social life, it's really not okay. So even like helping that person create a list of restaurants that they would be okay to go to for that time and also discuss if their goals with food are like short-term, long-term, yeah, and I feel like that's an important piece that um, Jordan, you're highlighting that it's almost like meeting the patient where they're at at that time because what can happen if you do fall into this trap that Emily's in right now where you're restricting so many foods to the point that it is impacting you socially, what can happen is you can become more and more and more detached from the things in your life that you derive pleasure from, like your relationships or your social life or, I don't know, being out in the world and um, being part of the city and all these these pieces that you can actually become deeper and deeper uh, isolated and into eating disorder-y type behavior. And so by finding places you can go, you can actually start to like re-engage with the world. But that wouldn't be the end goal, I think, to Mm -hmm. still be that limited. But I think that's like a really good starting place. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on the person. I also feel for the person who's trying to be healthy and have friends that kind of like bully them when they're trying to be healthy. But this person you're describing to us is not this health conscious person. They're they're extreme. Yeah. Definitely. Like Emily is not just trying to be healthy and like conscious. She's definitely like an obsessive eater to the point where like it's it's getting in the way of like her living her life like a normal human being. So, yeah, I was going to say so someone like that, if they came in to see Jordana or I, they're usually coming in because they know that it's become a problem. Mm -hmm. It's usually not us having to be like, hey, have you considered you have a problem? They've usually because her and I both specialize in eating disorders like they have sought that out on purpose. And they usually have other underlying stuff that needs to be addressed as well, like anxiety, uh, be, because 
that's um, often the driving force behind some of the disordered behavior. They might have mood issues. Yeah, there could be other stuff going on that would need to be addressed. So maybe we should just share some like tips for that person. Yeah. So I would say um, just to acknowledge that what you're doing isn't actually serving you and it's probably creating more harm than good. And as Nat said, if that person was coming to us, they already know that something's wrong. Um, Two, like don't be so hard on yourself. It's okay and it's whatever that person's feeling is not permanent and they could definitely get through it. But when it comes to food, you do have to push yourself to be a little bit uncomfortable. So even if you want to skip your meals, really try as hard as you can to stick to having a little bit of routine, have three meals, have snacks. They kind of have to be non-negotiables. Yeah. And I would add um, to that person. Oh my gosh. The thought just left my head. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. No. Oh, that actually the impact of being that restrictive can sometimes actually be more devastating or more have bigger consequence than the food itself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that thought you might have to keep in your mind and remind yourself, even though the food noise can be really loud. Yes. I think sometimes I have clients who say like, okay, there's nothing on this menu that I'm comfortable with. Um, I really don't want to go to this dinner, but then at the same time, this is my best friend's birthday dinner. I have to be there. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's understanding that having the gluten from the pizza, you'll be totally fine. And that's actually more important than not coming to this birthday dinner. For sure. And the person doesn't need to eat the pizza. There's always more options. Right. So if Emily still wants to eat healthy while going out but wants to find like a balanced place to be like do you guys have any recommendations for her yeah also you don't need to go from like zero to a hundred so if someone is having an issue with food you don't need to then start eating completely so and so like normally like it's going to take time be patient and just honor yourself where you're at so some great healthy options I love, uh, actually went there for lunch today, Flock is delicious, mm. Impact Kitchen. I really like like Greek food. Um, what are your favorites? I'm the worst person to ask because I'm never current or knowing anywhere cool to go. I actually you love Taroni. I do love Taroni. Oh, but I thought we're talking about healthy. Healthy, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. Um, I would probably, it would probably be Impact Kitchen because um, Sif would dr- drag me there. Yeah. Oh, I most definitely would. But yeah. like, say like they're not in Toronto, for example, like what are some things that they can eat? Like actual like examples for. Yeah. I would say like I love anything in a bowl. Mm-hmm. So I would always start with like a grain and maybe make some quinoa or brown rice, add in some r- or yeah, like sweet potato, um, add in some roasted veggies like cauliflower, maybe some asparagus um, if you're eating meat, have some chicken or you could add salmon or shrimp, tofu, um, beans, and top that with like olive oil, apple cider vinegar, maybe some hummus, like just kind of put everything in a bowl. And I, you might disagree with me, Jordan, with this, but if someone's going out and again, the, the goal is actually to get out and be in the world and be with their friends and be socializing I would say to them sometimes they're worried that if they go out and they when they get in front of the food they're going to lose control and then the 
what they're going to have to deal with mentally when they get home is just feels not worth it to them. I would tell that person to choose something on the menu that they're most comfortable with first from like an appetizer standpoint. And so that by the time, um, you want to say something but that would also make them full exactly and so that at the by the time the the rest of the food came around they wouldn't be maybe so tempted because they're literally at that point starving or i would tell them to eat something small at home first and then go out so still push themselves to indulge in the experience and have something that's a little bit outside their comfort zone but doesn't push them over so far that they're going to have a breakdown at the restaurant and then knowing that that wouldn't be the end goal for this person the end goal would be that they could actually go to some more like Taroni in order to pass and be okay but that that might be really far away yeah and just to slow down like if you're at the restaurant just be try to be mindful without being obsessive mm-hmm. and you know reminding yourself that nobody knows what's going on inside your head so if you are overwhelmed you can always get up and quickly go to the washroom and just take a minute and um, collect yourself and come back out and no one will know no mm-hmm. one will think and just reminder that even if you go overboard you will be okay. 100%. And it doesn't mean to not eat breakfast or not eat lunch the next day. Um, you're still able to eat those meals. Yeah. And and I would last thing I would add is that if you do do something that challenges pretty strong rules you have in your head, you're going to have to deal with a little bit of, we would call it like pushback in your mind where you're going to be beating yourself up a little bit. But that is actually not always a bad thing. That means that you're pushing yourself. You're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and that's how you move past these types of really strict rules. I love it. So say for a person like Emily, um, right now she feels like she wants to go on a water fast because she feels like it'll make her feel even healthier. Um, how do you guys feel about water fast? Because I do feel like it's one of those things that's sort of being talked about on social media a little more. And from like a, I guess like a, a professional standpoint, how do you feel about it? And is there... Uh, like a way in which you can do it or is it like I just want to get your thoughts so I would say um absolutely not Emily no 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 water fast for you Um, (laughs) or for anyone or for anyone ever no one needs a water fast no 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 one maybe someone who's just in the middle of food poisoning yeah that is it (laughs) honestly if someone has some rare medical disorder and they have to be on a water cleanse sure but that's not something that someone would be choosing. Mm-hmm. And I think to begin with, like we hear about things that m- might work, we blow them out of proportion and it's just hilarious. Like someone could be eating burgers and fries every day and then say like, you know what, I'm going to change things up and I'll go on a water cleanse. <laughs> like, no, there's things <laughs> yeah. in between. Yeah. So start by having some vegetables, start by creating some structure. Also start by just drinking an adequate amount of water in a day. Yes. Good one. Yeah. Drink the water. <laughs> Most people, you're so right. People don't drink water, but then would do a water cleanse. Yeah. So strange. It is very strange. <laughs> okay. So, so no, so no water cleanse for Emily. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, since Emily is an anxious person, what are some supplements that she can take? Um, the ones I recommend the most commonly are magnesium. And I also recommend uh, L-theanine, which is from green tea. I will sometimes use something called inositol. It's mostly used actually for PCOS, but it does have an off-label use for panic. So I use that. Uh, and Array's second supplement is an anxiety is an anxiety supplement. So I would recommend that because in that, are a lot of the things I use all the time in one capsule. So outside of um, food, 
I would say that like self-care practices are so important for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like number one, make sure that you're drinking enough water. Make sure you're not drinking too much coffee. Make sure you're getting adequate sleep. And then I find using my five-minute journal in the morning is a really great hack for me to just get grounded and feel calm. Some people love meditation. Um, people love Headspace and the app Calm. And I love having essential oils flowing through my condo like lavender is really really great when you're feeling stressed out it just totally relaxes your nervous system um another thing i always suggest is a really short guided meditation so some people find with meditation they're like i can't focus if i sit there my mind just races so i have this one that i love that's nine minutes and 22 seconds and (laughs) i do it all the time personally and i recommend it to almost all my patients because everyone has 10 minutes yeah and that's one thing and then another thing i would say is that for someone in Emily's case, sometimes you're having anxiety because you're not eating enough. So a symptom of low blood sugar is anxiety and you can get stuck in a bit of a cycle if you're under eating with that. A really good point. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. I think everyone has 10 minutes. Um, I started using the Calm app to do guided meditation and I feel like it completely transformed like, I guess, how I deal with my own anxiety and like how... Um, how I just deal with things because otherwise like I I feel it immediately like if I've not meditated for like a month Mm -hmm. um the way I deal with things on a day-to-day basis I'm just like a little more like panicked and like frazzled I guess whereas like I I don't know I feel like 10 minutes to ground yourself I feel like it really really helps um okay so last question both Emily and Rachel enjoy wine how can they approach drinking in a healthy way well I love wine. Same. <laughs> so if someone has an issue with alcohol, I would say cut it out completely. 100%. Um, but I do believe that you can drink in moderation and just like stick to like one glass. Yeah. And I mean, or if you're at an event where you're like, it's a wedding or it, there are times when you're going to have more than that. I think a really important thing to remind yourself is that you are whatever age you are. So for someone like myself, I I absolutely need to remember that I'm not 19 and maybe what I did when I was 19, it's not going to work right now. And, you know, cause you can just get a little bit caught up in that. So I recommend my patients often to have a limit of number of drinks they're going to have before they go out. And any harm reduction, like tactics that you guys have, like, I don't know, like the way you consume the alcohol, like certain, yeah, like if you're drinking wine, like maybe like meals you're having or how like water you're having in between, like anything like that. So I always recommend if someone's going to be drinking to actually have a full kind of heavy dinner, a decent amount of time before the first drink. So that would look like, like 45 to minutes to an hour before something that's not a salad. So something that is has yeah and protein um yep I also totally agree with that um but I will not touch alcohol until I have two cups of water like no matter what yeah um and then I try to if I'm having more than a glass of wine which often happens (laughs) I always will have a glass of water in between yep and then at the end of the night drink water before you go to bed and another kind of hack is b12 supplements or b12 shot so if you take like 5,000 milligrams of b12 before bed that can sort of kick start the preventing of hangover phase however the 5,000 milligrams of b12 can also be a little energizing so you need to make sure you're going to be able to sleep yeah love it it's a good tip Mm -hmm. 
something that you taught me, which I love, is the what's the tea? Dandelion root oh, tea. Oh yeah, dandelion tea. Awesome for hangovers yeah. Yeah. and just tastes uh, good. Ta- eh, not I for love everyone. the taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, these are all great tips. Before we wrap, tell everyone where they can find you. So you could. This is Jordana talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could find me on iheartnutrition.com or my Instagram handle is iheartnutrition no e for me you can find me on my website it's eatwellto.ca you could also find me that's pretty much where you can find me actually <laughs> Natalie needs to get on social media okay, it's Natalie like, has social media for her immediate family and very yeah, close friends well you need to get on it like more than that yeah in in, in a real way (laughs) thank you guys so much for being here wait do you want to receive a short email from me with exclusive content every week sign up to the icing and glitter newsletter and i'll send you my top five skincare secrets along with a weekly email with bite-sized tips and tricks giveaways recipes and so much more i'll leave the details in the show notes Mm -hmm.